Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who claims he is six foot two. Brand Siegel, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. It, it's not really as much about claiming; it's just knowing at this point, you know. And you know, some people would say, "Oh, Brandon, you look more like five foot six. And uh, to them, I would just say you're wrong. But that's besides the point for today. We have an incredibly exciting podcast, Trevor. Uh, I've been looking very much forward to this. If you guys have kept up with our socials, which you should, link is in the description at the small ball on Twitter. You will know that we recently announced a new podcast. The podcast is called the AA Team or Double A Team. And today we have the honor to have both of those hosts on this podcast. So we are going to welcome on Avery Van Reith and Aaron Weaver, who are the co-hosts of the AA Team podcast. How are you guys today? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, man, it's, it's great. Thanks for having us back here. It's been a minute. Well, of of course, I am Jenny. I I think I speak for Trevor too. We are so excited for your podcast, and we're so happy that you're here with us today. We're obviously going to talk about sports. You guys are big sports guys, but your podcast is going to be more than sports. You know, I, I I think people here come to expect just a lot of sports. You know, we have the Twelfth Row Podcast with Josh Baskin. Of course, subscribe to that if you aren't subscribed. Where we talk about soccer, you know, and you know, we've done some stuff outside of sports, but why don't you guys briefly describe for the people what your podcast is going to be like? Yeah, Avery, you want me to take this one or you want to take it? No, you, whatever you want to say, and then I'll, I'll bounce off what you got. All right, perfect. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like with our podcast, it's gonna t- we're going to talk about sports. We're also going to hit on um, a bunch of different topics, really just have conversations um, about all of it. And, and yeah, Avery, you want to elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, stuff like music and movies and stuff like that. Basically, things going on in today's culture that's kind of like in the news, things that are popular amongst mm-hmm. a lot of people. Uh, I mean, obviously, some sports in there, but how it more relates to the culture as compared to giving exactly. like our opinions on sports and matchups and stuff like that. Like it's more of just a, a yeah. cultural background, I would say. It'll be a conversational masterpiece. If I, if I do say so myself. It, it'll be great, though. I, I highly recommend. The link will be in the description to go subscribe to that. Get ready. Episodes will come out Tuesday mornings. Uh, I think 8 a.m. is what we said, or 7 a.m. around then. But it'll be ready for your <coughs> morning commute to school, work, whatever the case may be. Hit that on lunchtime on Tuesday. We're very, very excited for that podcast. We're very excited to have both of you on with the Small Ballers. Um, so... That, that is wonderful. But let's start with our podcast here today, get into some sports. This weekend we have the Masters, and we have a golf expert, if I do say so myself, today on, which is Aaron Weaver. Aaron, um, Masters has been going on. This course has been a, it's been a hard one, a rough one, to say the least. Um, so, Aaron, why don't you break down a little bit of the Masters, who you've been impressed by. You know, obviously we've had Tiger somehow play. Like, it's amazing that he's playing. But more than Tiger, I know you're a big Tiger fan. More than Tiger, what else have you seen from the the Masters that has impressed you or, you know, what you've liked? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like first off with Tiger, it's just insane that he's playing now despite all the stuff that he's been through in the last year. I don't think people realize how tough it is to come in not having played for like 17 months and come in and make the cut. And regardless of how he's playing right now, like it's just astonishing that he's doing that. Because some of the players that missed the cut have been playing, you know, like uh, Brooks Kepka and uh, Xander Schauffele, just to name a few, and Jordan Spieth. So mm-hmm. they've been playing for the last few months. Tiger hasn't, and he comes in and makes the cut. So that's just a testament to how great he is. Um, but yeah, so going on on, uh, you know, other other players, I think Scotty Scheffler and Cameron Smith, who are one and two right mm-hmm. now, Scheffler's at nine under, Smith's at six under. Um, they're both going off, uh, last today. Uh, they're both two of the hottest golfers right now playing in the world. Scheffler's won, I think three times this year already. And Smith has won two. Mm-hmm. Um, they both won in the last month. Cameron Smith won the players and, uh, Scheffler won the, uh, Dell Technologies match play a few weeks ago. So mm-hmm. they're both really hot. I'm excited to see what happens. I think Scheffler's going to pull it out, but, um, have an outside hope. And I'm hoping that there's a playoff between the two, and I think it could happen, so we'll see. Yeah, I'll have to pick up a little bit. Uh, was it Cameron Smith? Is that, that yep, it? Cameron Smith from, from yep. Australia. I'll have to pick it up a little bit, but it, it'll be an exciting round uh, for sure. Avery, I know you've been watching the Masters a little bit. I want to hit a, a, you know what you have to say about it and some of your thoughts. Yeah, big Cam Smith fan. Uh, the mold and mustache, undefeated. Hoping he can uh, be competitive today just so we can see him on TV more. Um 
Shout out to my guy Corey Connors, Kent State grads. You know we out here uh, repping out. He's at one under right now, one of the few guys who is staying in the red, which is really nice. So looking forward to see how he plays today. Hopefully he can stay up there and compete maybe if, if Scheffler can have a uh, couple bogeys to start the day, make things interesting. That's what we were kind of hoping for yesterday. I was watching with a friend, and we were kind of hoping. I mean, we don't. it's not that like we dislike Scheffler. It's that we wanted to see today be a lot more exciting because yesterday he was – by far and away in the lead didn't end the day too well which could make things interesting today so i'm looking forward to when mm-hmm. those guys take off later yeah and, and of course and trevor trevor final thoughts on the masters for yeah i was just gonna say and, and kind of the one thing avery said about like you know a lot of players aren't playing as well like i think there's only uh it looks like there's only seven players uh that are you know mm-hmm. playing better than or above par par right now which is really interesting to me because i feel like normally uh, you know, we have a f- at least a few different players in the mix that are kind of competing, and it seems like a lot of players are, you know, not playing too well. And part of that maybe is due to the cold uh, and different factors like that. What, what do you, Aaron, I guess, what, what do you think about that? Just like how, I, I guess, how bad some of these scores are. Do you think, like, does that have to do with the weather, or what do you think about that? Yeah, I think most of it is weather. Um, and I also think, um, you know, the weather and then the cold and then also it's it's just a generally a tough golf course so when you add the weather factor in it just makes it a whole lot tougher so I think that's definitely why you're seeing some of the scores the way they are and why they're not as low as they tend as they usually tend to be um so yeah I mean I mean I would also add there's a with the last group Scheffler and Smith uh see what wait for watch out for them in the later later part of this year because we have the president's cup and they could be uh paired together for uh sunday singles okay nice very, very interesting um any, anything else anyone would like to add on the master before we kind of move on thank you all good. good perfect perfect let's keep on moving we are gonna head on over uh to college basketball we gotta talk about the national championship um kansas took it 72 69 uh, it was honestly a pretty good game. North Carolina surprises me so much because they like they pretty much only play five guys. I mean, we saw <clears throat> we saw Puff Johnson coming for a, a little bit, and he gave he gave some very impactful minutes when like some guys got in foul trouble. But they pretty much only play five guys. Like it's it's amazing those guys don't like just completely faint after the game. I mean, I know, I know I would. Uh, Trevor, let's start off with you. Your thoughts on the game on the Kansas Jayhawks National Championship? Yeah, so it was another really good game. And, you know, oftentimes you think when you get like a really good, well, at least one game of the Final Four is really good in Duke, North Carolina. One of my, probably one of the best college basketball games I've seen in quite a while that, you know, you think, well, maybe the National Championship will be a letdown. But it wasn't a letdown at all. It was a fantastic game. Uh, Kansas came out hot out of the gate. I think they were on like a 7-0 run. And then you kind of saw North Carolina, they started to get a little momentum. You see the ball go in once or twice, and then that's when they kind of mm-hmm. went on their run. And, you know, another big thing that that I really, I guess, stood out to me was David McCormick. He got in early foul trouble. He had the one that he picked up, I think, in the first five or six minutes. And then he picked up a second, uh, you know, a little bit later, which put him out for the you know, the, the rest of the first half, at least. And that's when Carolina, they they took the big lead. I think their largest lead was 16 in this game. They were once up 38 to 22. And then they had the big, the 15-point halftime lead. Now, obviously, Brandon, you, me, and Ben were talking in our little group chat. And I think you guys were, like, thinking, like, it might, or I don't know. <laughs> you guys were pretty confident in Carolina at that point. And I was like, you know what, I've seen this Kansas play Kansas team played way too many times. I'm a West Virginia fan, and I know what they can do in second halves. You know, they really they, they play fast. They speed up the pace, and, you know, we saw in the second half, they started to wear out North Carolina, kind of how you said, with the lack of depth. Um, that's something that Kansas took full advantage of. And when you have guys like Remy Martin, you know, have a big second half, hit two corner threes, Christian Brown, who, you know, he hit a bucket and then he's like screaming because uh, he's so fired up, you know, after he gets a big bucket. And Kansas just really had, you know, they had more energy. Obviously, they have more depth, so they were able to use that, uh, you know, to, to make a push to win this game. It was still very close, and Carolina had their opportunities. I mean, they won they won the race of 69. They almost won the game, uh, and they still had their opportunities. But ultimately, you know, Kansas Kansas uh, had the more depth, and I think that's what it came down to. Uh, they didn't necessarily play their best game, uh, but they did enough to win. So 
I, I thought it was really good. Uh, but Avery, I wanted to go to you and just uh, hear some of your thoughts on this game, uh, some of your expertise. Yeah, just in Kansas in general, I mean, it's weird because I wasn't really a big Kansas believer all year. Like, I knew that they were good and they were really talented, but they just weren't very consistent. Like, early in the year, they played decently, and then they get smoked by Kentucky, and I wasn't high on Kentucky either. So, I mean, that kind of convinced me that maybe Kansas wasn't going to be as good as people thought. But then all of a sudden, things started going well for them in the tournament. I actually got to see them play in the Elite Eight game in Chicago against Miami. I mean, that first half, Miami was up six, and it was clear that Kansas was way more talented, but Miami was just, I don't know, it, they didn't have any really pressure, so the first half they were able to kind of run away with that, but then Kansas kind of realized, like, hey, we got a chance to go to the Final Four here. Let's let's rank things up a little bit. But, yeah, Kansas this year, I mean, obviously they deserve it playing the way that they did there the second half in the championship game. Like you said, Carolina ran out of gas. They had a lot of injuries banged up all tournament. Quite an incredible run, honestly, making it that far. I mean, also fortunate, seeing the, the path that they got there, having to play St. Peter's in the Elite Eight game. I mean, any team in the country would like to see that, especially the top programs. As much as I love St. Peter's, that game was over before it even started. So, But, yeah, Kansas obviously deserves to win that game. I mean, Carolina just ran out of gas. Kansas had more at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. the only other thing I wanted to say is, like, uh, you know, North Carolina, they were a very fun team to watch uh, throughout this tournament. It was a great story. I certainly didn't expect them to make this run. Like, I I might have picked Marquette to beat them, to be honest. And if I didn't pick Marquette, I certainly picked Baylor. So it was a great story, you know, watching, like, because uh, they have a lot of talented prospects. Like, they were a preseason top 25 team. Uh, they just didn't live up to that preseason status in the first few months. But guys like Caleb Love, who, like, is the ultimate, like, just like, I don't know if you'd call it irrational confidence, because sometimes he comes through, and we saw the big shot against Duke, but it's kind of like a little, like, Dion waiters to me. Like, he's like a Dion Waiters. He'll take any big shot. He's not afraid of any moments. And, you know, other guys like Brady Manick and Armando Baycott was fabulous all tournament. I think he had a double-double in every game. So just a great run for North Carolina. And honestly, for Hubert Davis, that's just, like, an incredible first season. I mean, it really couldn't have gone – I mean, obviously, a title would have been better, but – uh, you know, Hubert Davis, I just, throughout this whole run, I've really became a big fan of his. Yeah, no, for sure. And, he, and North Carolina was like, to me at least, was easy to root for because it just felt like they were such an underdog, even though, I mean, like, they're a blue blood in there. You know, this crazy big school. Um, but nevertheless, Kansas pulled it out. Um, let's let's kind of continue talking about blue bloods a little bit because we, we had three of them in the final four here. Um, and, I mean, some would argue potentially four, but that's, you know, kind of... Referencing what we're going to talk about here a little bit. We, we need to redo the Blue Bloods, Trevor. You know, we have six of them in there. One of them definitely doesn't deserve. Maybe some don't. others don't deserve to be in the Blue Blood category. But we wanted to kind of do a little segment, doing a little refresh on the Blue Blood. So, Trevor, I'm going to let you start off and, and give some of your thoughts. Some teams that you think have potential to be added. Because it's an exclusive club. You can't just throw anyone in there. Absolutely. So let's let's hear some of your thoughts yeah. on the, the current Blue Bloods it's, and who you think should be added. Yeah, it's a very exclusive club. If anyone. And, and we're here today to basically be like the Blue Blood Selection Committee, right? Like we're mm-hmm. – everything that's been done in the past about like these are the Blue Bloods, you know, we're just not completely erasing that because, again, a lot of the Blue Bloods are probably going to still be Blue Bloods, but – we're here here to like make the official list. Everyone is going to follow this list, I'm sure, because it's going to be the perfect list. So I think first of mm-hmm. all, I kind of have some locks. Like I have like four or five, maybe even six locks here. I think Duke, just to start out with Duke, like five national ch- titles. Uh, are you sure? Is Duke really a blue blood? Do they deserve I it? I mean, their colors are blue. They bring in like the number one recruiting class pretty much every year. They have the number one recruiting cl- class this year. They like all time. They have like the fourth most wins. You know, the last title mm-hmm. was twenty fifteen. They just were in the final four. So, I, I don't think Duke's really debatable. You know, like I think they're just a blue blood for at uh, least. Like, I'll accept it. I'll know. take it as a lock. Yeah, a- Avery, you think they're a lock? Is Duke good? Uh, I mean, does a day end in Y? Obviously, Duke is the, <laughs> the stereotypical blue blood. Um, the one thing I'm really curious about is obviously they're a blue blood mostly because of Coach K. So this new. A system yeah. coming in with John Shire and everything. I'm interested to see if they obviously the recruiting and stuff won't fall off too far. Duke branding is what it is, but just in terms of, I want to see how Shire can kind of keep that success rolling for the next few yeah. years. See how he transitions in. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see what Shire does. I mean, I think he'll probably he'll probably do very well, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Uh, the next couple teams that I have, I think Kentucky, like eight national titles all time. Um, they have like all time. I think they have the best winning percentage. I when I was looking it up, their last title is 2012. So they have won a national championship like in the last 10 years. You know, you got Kansas just won a national championship. They have the most wins all time. Like I think Kansas. A no-brainer as well. And I think North Carolina is a no-brainer. I mean, North Carolina just won the title in 2017. Before that, they won it in 2009. They have six titles overall. So those four, I think, are just like locks all around. Avery, would, would you agree that like all four of those teams are no-brainers? Yeah, obviously all of them. All four of them have had a lot of success recently. Um, some of these Blue Bloods, things like we'll go into here. The recency bias, obviously those four would definitely be in, though. Okay, so so I want to get your thoughts on this because then we have we have UCLA, we have Indiana. These teams, I guess, a lot of people consider them blue bloods of the past. Now, Indiana, they haven't won a national title since I believe two thousand or no no since nineteen eighty seven is the last time they won a national title. They haven't made a final four since two thousand two. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like with with Indiana like they were certainly a great team in the past you know before we were born the 80s the 90s like they were a great team but i don't know if we can consider indiana a blue blood anymore i don't know i don't know what do you think about that avery um coming from a big 10 school i i would i kind of want to put them in there just so the big 10 kind of has a team in there because make that conference a little more relevant but uh yeah obviously recently indiana has had their up and down struggles i mean this past year was interesting with Mike Woodson coming in. They did won some games they definitely probably shouldn't have, and they lost some games they probably shouldn't have. So he was off to an interesting start this year, but I think he's got them going in the right direction. But in terms of Indiana being a blue blood, I mean, they have the history. If you want to use history as your rankings point, I would say. Like, they've had eight Final Fours. They've been in 39 tournaments. They've had plenty of NBA players coming out of there. Um, it's a great program, obviously, but if – if history is something that you include in there, then I think you have to put them in there. But if you want to look at like maybe the last 25 years, it's going to be difficult to throw them in that group because they just don't compare to the other four teams' resumes. Yeah, I mean, it's Indiana's a tough one for sure. I think UCLA, I think they've done enough recently where, and honestly, and they have 11 national titles. I think UCLA, you could potentially consider them a lock too. So I think UCLA, we could probably all agree, you know, should be a blue blood. Um, Brandon, I know you said you had like a couple additional teams that you wanted to add. Um, you want to talk about a little bit about like teams you might add to being a blue blood? Yeah. So I have four teams that I think should be up for contention. I'm not saying they should be added, <clears throat> but there's four teams I think in my mind that I'm like, these guys need to be at least towards the conversation. Number one is Louisville. I think they're the most, probably the, the most reasonable to be added in there. Um, I mean, they, they got a lot of stuff on the resume I think is worth it. Uh, number two in, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to say this team, um, but the team is uh, Michigan State. Oh, Michigan State. Uh, I, 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 I have <laughs> such a hatred for them, but like, let's be honest. I mean, they've had an, <clears throat> just this incredible amount of success in our lifetimes, um, and you know, they're, they're, I guess they're all right. Uh, we should, we, but they're not the best team in Michigan. Oh, Another team that okay. needs to be added is, of course, the Michigan Wolverines, especially with how much success they've had in the last 10 years in March Madness. I believe they have the most wins in the tournament in the past 10 years, um, and they they have created a lot of success for themselves. Uh, I think they need to be in there. The last team, I actually probably should have put them at one, to be honest. It's Villanova. I, I think we're kind of past the point. I, I think yeah. Villanova is probably the only one of those four that I'm like, they need to be added in. The other three are more up for discussion. I think Michigan has the worst resume of the four. Michigan State, second worst. Louisville has a pretty good resume. I think Villanova is, is in my opinion, they're pretty close to a lock. I mean, what separates them from Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas? Am I crazy, Avery? So, I mean, what separates yeah. them? Um. Obviously, the recency bias there. Uh, Villanova doesn't quite have the history that these right. other four teams have. But, yeah, in the last 10 years, I mean, shoot, how many? They've won a few national championships. They've been to plenty of Final Fours. Jay Wright has that program rolling on all cylinders right now, and it doesn't look like they have any signs of stopping. So I would say right now, as a modern blue blood, you probably definitely have to put them in. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think Villanova Villanova was on my list. Um, I think they have to be in there. I mean, two they have two of the last six national titles. They won in 2016. They won in 2018. Um, so I think they have to be in, the, be in there. And they, they won a national title back in, uh, I think, like, it was like 1985 or something like that. So they have three right. in total. So, yeah, I agree. I think Villanova has to be in there. Brandon, the one team you didn't mention that I was really strongly considering was UConn. I mean, UConn, yeah. if you look, they have... So they won the national title in 2014. They won it in 2011 and in 2004. Um, so UConn, in the last... You know, in this century, I mean, they have three national titles, which I don't know how many teams you could say that about. Like, I think Duke might as well, North Carolina might, but only a couple teams have done that. So I think UConn has a really strong case. That would probably be the only other team that I would consider that you didn't mention. And maybe even Florida. Like, Florida, I, I'm probably not, I probably wouldn't put Florida in, but Florida did have back to back national championships in 06 and 07. So I think for me, ultimately, the list I came out to was Duke. Kentucky, Kansas, uh, North Carolina, those four, they're locks. Then I think Villanova has to be in there, and I think UCLA has to be in there, those six. And then UConn was the seventh team that I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with UConn. And then even, like, Indiana was another tough one. But I was like, those six that I just named, they're definitely blue bloods to me. And then UConn is where, UConn, I guess UConn and maybe even Indiana. I'm like, I, I really don't know. Like, I don't know if we should put them in there or not. Uh, what do you think, Brandon? Yeah. I, I think your six is perfect. It's exactly what I would do. I, I think UConn's a little further away than you say. They do have semi-recent success, but like over the last six years, they have two NCAA tournament appearances. They've never made it to the second weekend. I, I know there's definitely, you know, yes, recency bias, I understand, but this is kind of what we're evaluating on. It's like our lifetime. We're trying to update the Blue Bloods. And over the last six years, UConn is, is really nowhere near that area. Um... So I, I love the six you put. I, I actually really agree with it. It's a rare agreement for me. Okay. Uh, Avery, we'll let you have the last word on the Blue Bloods. Uh, what, what, what do you think here? No, I, I agree with this list. I mean, Indiana, I would say, if you want, like I said, with the history stuff, obviously they would be a Blue Blood if you brought the whole program's existence into it because in, in their past they've had a lot of great numbers. But if you want to put recency into it, which I believe you should if you're talking about Blue Bloods and Villanova, is definitely more deserving than them. So I like the list a lot. Like you said about UConn, they are they were on the cusp, I would say. I just think their inconsistency every year has kind of hurt them. Um, they've had some really good years. They've also had some really bad years. So inconsistency kind of keeps them out for me. But, yeah, I mean, those, those six teams, I think they're definitely more than deserving. All right. 100%. That sounds good to me. So UConn, well, you're 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 you know you're close, but you're not quite you're on there. The and then Indiana, you have to you have to come back to prominency. You have to you know make a Indiana, final. Indiana, you kicked out. You know something like that. Make a final four next year. Something you know. Got to do something. Let's move on here though, because we have a super exciting segment next. This was kind of created by you, Aaron and Trevor. You guys kind of had this idea that is just wonderful. We are going to do a, a unique topic. We're trying to blend a little bit of what's going to be on the AA team and a little bit of what's going to be on our podcast. So we're going to do sports, but we're going to do it in a fun way. You guys thought of this idea. It's a wonderful idea. We are going to do a three-round draft of the best sporting events. Um, and, and it might sound like a little bit confusing. I don't know, Trevor, do you want to add a little more into, you know, I, I explain a little more? About what we're doing here. Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're basically drafting the best sporting events that you can possibly go to. Like, the best sporting events that you would want to attend. And we're doing three rounds, so there's four of us, so 12 picks, and we're going to do a snake draft. So, it's going to be fun, you know. Um, if I, I think you have the order. What, what, what was the draft order, Brandon? I do. I have the order, and at the end, we'll kind of, like, collectively discuss who we think had the best team. Um, but we're, we're doing <coughs> we're doing our favorites. And we got to hear from you guys, too, who has the best team. So, of course, tweet at us at the Swap Baller. Who had the best team? Link in the description will be the uh, like a little picture or a sheet of our draft. The order is going to be, Aaron, you have been awarded the number one pick. Trevor, you are number two. I am number three. Avery, you are four. And like Trevor said, it will be a snake draft. So, Aaron, you're on the clock here. What is going to be the first overall pick in this draft? All right. So, this is a tough one for me because... I you have you have you have all the events to pick yeah, from. Yeah, I know. One. I have I have a lot of choices here, and I feel like I should go go bold here, and 
I, I think I think do that's it. what I'm gonna do. So I'm hoping my next pick will be here on the way back. But if it's not, it's cool. So I'm gonna take the Summer Olympics to start, and the reason why is because I feel like that's the one event that everybody in the world just watches. You know, everybody wants to yeah. everybody wants to know who's the fastest person on the earth. And then obviously yep. you have basketball being being enormous. Um, golf is now in the Olympics, and there's you know a bunch of other stuff too. So I just think Summer Olympics is always just amazing. So I'm going with Summer Olympics number one. So I that was actually what I hoped to be my second pick. I'm very happy I had a lot of backups for my second pick. Um, I thought it would reach. I didn't think you were going to do that. That's not what I thought you'd pull out here. But great pick, Aaron. Fabulous pick. Trevor, you're up next. All right. So great pick, Aaron. You know, certainly I, I think a lot of people, like, we're, as far as, like, worldwide, that's, you know, that's what going to be a very high pick for a lot of people. Um, I think yeah. all listeners of this podcast already know what my pick's going to be. Uh, it's March Madness. I got to take it here. It was my number one overall. Uh, you know, j- just so fabulous. Whether it's you want the first day of the of March Madness, whether you want the final four, anything sounds great to me. I just thought, for me personally, this was kind of a no-brainer. All right, and it comes to me. Good good, good pick, Trevor. That, that would have been my second choice overall. Uh, but my first choice is the best sporting event that happens every single year in February. It is obviously the Super Bowl. Nothing beats the Super Bowl. You have two powerhouse football teams beating up on each other, and we get a glorious winner in the end. I gotta go with the Super Bowl uh, for sure there. So, Avery, you were on the clock. Uh, three, honestly, pretty solid choices have, have gone by. So I'm interested to see what two you are going to pick. Yeah, obviously the March Madness thing was, was my go-to. Unfortunately, I got picked to go last. So by default, I knew that that wasn't going to be there. Um, oh, Super Bowl, obviously, pretty easy one. Summer Olympics, didn't have that as quite high on my list, but it was definitely on the list for later rounds. But we'll see where we go from here. My first pick... I'm going to take... Remember, you got a double up. You got two. Right, right. I'm going to take the college football playoff, whether it's semifinals or the finals. I just think college football, I prefer to the NFL a little bit. And I just think the traditions of college football make that game so much more memorable. These guys, obviously, most of them will never get to play uh, professional football. So the opportunity to do that is really neat. Um yeah, I mean, having two games back-to-back on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whichever one they play mm-hmm. on, is is a great day to be not productive. And then obviously the championship game for all the marbles is, is, is a great event. Great pick. I love it. For, you got one more? Yeah, coming back around, Aaron said something interesting where he believes that the Summer Olympics is the sport that the world watches. Well, I'm going to go with another sport that the world watches oh, no. that we will see later this year and that will be the oh no the this world is gonna be cup. my pick this is the world cup no. later this year i'm i'm getting into soccer the last few years of me has been amazing and the world cup has been nothing but awesome to watch seeing all these fan bases all over the world come together for this magical event um this year will be even better obviously team usa made it this year so a lot of people in our nation will be very happy and very excited get a lot more viewers here um they are my second favorite team, Belgium, always being my first. Got to support the homeland. But the World Cup is my second pick. Avery, I'm so upset. I, I I really thought I'd be able to get the World Cup with my second pick if the Summer Olympics weren't there. So I I was super excited because I was like, Aaron's whole point is perfect because it's my exact point and I'm going to get it in the later round. So I think that's the steal of the draft right there so far. So I have I have two possible choices in my mind right now. Um, and I, I don't really know which one to take. Both are world scale, uh, and I, I think are a big deal. Uh, one of them, I believe, is the most watched event, sporting event ever. And the other one is more of an accumulation of sports. I, I, I think I'm going to go with my gut here. I'm, I'm going to stick with soccer. And I'm going to go with the UEFA Champions League uh, tournament. Just collectively. I believe the final is the most watched event every year. Like, they only get, like, 200 million people watch it. Um, so, it, that would have been... That's my backup. I really wanted the World Cup. I would have felt much better about my, my squad here with the World Cup, Avery. I'm, I'm very jealous by your two picks. But I'll go with the UEFA Champions League final. Trevor, we are back to you. 
you can take the NBA finals <laughs> if you so desire. So um, the World Cup was very high on my list. Um, I didn't really think I was going to get it, though. So, But fantastic pick there for you, Avery. Uh, the World Cup, just fabulous. I mean, just because it's in a different country every year. So in addition to like getting to see great sporting events, you get to visit whatever country it is, You know, be a tourist, go around, try different food and stuff like that. So World Cup fantastic pick uh but number seven i am gonna go with the nba finals um it was very high on my list it was number two um obviously i'm a huge basketball fan so nba finals had to be up there for me i mean just all of the memories of watching you know whether it's obviously my favorite teams the miami heat so watching the heat and the nba finals a lot of great memories from that and i definitely one day need to go to an nba finals game all right trevor's went basketball heavy Aaron, you have a double up. Awesome. Well, everybody knows what I'm picking with my with this with this pick, at least in the podcast. So, the, first the pick, Daytona 500, I think it's right? Yeah. I think it's happening right yeah. now. Yeah, it's a Daytona 500. <laughs> so close, so close. It's it's the cricket. It's the cricket. Yeah. Fun. All right. So it's the Masters, um, for obvious reasons. Big golfer. Always great seeing all these golfers out here playing. Um, everybody talks about it. And it's really like when for, when people first start watching golf and it's a sign of springtime and everything, everything about it is just great. Um, but for my second pick, I got a big sleeper right here. So I'm going with the Kentucky Derby with my, Ooh, with my next okay. pick. And the reason why is it's the longest running sports event in the U.S. And all the gambling, all the celebrities, the, the, the um, dress code, everything about it is just amazing. And it's like two minutes of just um uh you know thrill so i those are my those are my three picks the uh summer olympics masters and then kentucky derby i i like your three aaron i i like your three i really do trevor i i'm expecting like the g league final here or whatever other <laughs> basketball you can throw in oh my let's see what we got all right so it's back to me at pick number 10 and, uh, you know, just looking at my draft board that I had here, I mean, March Madness, I took that. NBA Finals, I took that. Super Bowl, Brand took it. World Cup, Avery took it. My number five uh, is NBA All-Star Weekend. Like, the NBA All-Star Weekend is incredible. My <laughs> man went three for three on basketball. <laughs> and, and he tripled <laughs> listen, down on basketball. Growing up as a kid, NBA All-Star Weekend is incredible. You get to watch the Celebrity Game, the Rising Star Game on Friday night. Then on Saturday, you get a dunk contest, three-point, all that stuff. Being able to be there in the crowd and see all these events. And the All-Star Game Sunday night, like, All-Star Weekend is – it's incredible. It's legendary. So I, it had to be, you know, Except this past year's. Well, well, the the Saturday night definitely underperformed for sure, but the All Star Game was incredible. So you know, sometimes you get one bad event, but then you get another really good event. But overall, All Star Weekend had to be uh, you know high up on my list, and I get it here. <laughs> Trevor, with the triple down on basketball, I think you've secured yourself the uh, the worst team, and two of us haven't even picked our final. <laughs> hey, it's all subjective. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. All right, my final pick. I knew my sleeper pick would be here. I I think I would have had the best team if I got the World Cup, and it makes me excited because I, I think I'm going to have to crown Avery, depending on what he has as his last pick. My last pick is going to be the Stanley Cup Finals. There is nothing better than the Stanley Cup Finals. Hockey itself is great. It's very, very entertaining. I'm starting to get myself more into hockey, but those Stanley Cup Finals, it is almost impossible to get a goal and it's like they, they would rather give up their lives before allowing a goal to get scored on their own net. Um, so I, I, I love the Stanley Cup Finals. It is going to be my final, final pick. Avery, I, I, I'm ready to give you the award for best team. I'm ready. So let, let, impress me with your last pick. So this last pick is, I don't want to say it's a sporting event because there are no actual ev- like sporting activities taking place, but it is an okay. event related to sport. My last pick to end off the draft actually is the NFL draft. Oh, Avery <laughs> with the you went for the jugular. That is I completely forgot about the NFL draft. That's like my favorite day of the year. Yeah, too. yeah, I mean having it in Cleveland last year was awesome to go and experience that and then I get to go work it again this year in Vegas, but the NFL draft, I mean it's it's America's favorite sport. The drama of draft night is bar yeah. none to any other night. All the suspense of who your team is going to take, all the trades taking place. I mean, everyone remembers 
where they were when their team took this guy or for good and bad reasons, both. I, I have been through both of them and it is yeah. quite an experience, but yeah, the NFL draft for me is one of the top events every year, especially for an event that doesn't have any actual sports taking place, but yeah. Avery, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I came in feeling so good. The fact I didn't even think about the NFL draft, like, it, I'm not kidding. It's my favorite day of the year. Yeah. I love the NFL draft so much. I completely forgot about it. Avery, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Avery has the best three. Avery has the best three. I think he, he won this. But before we completely give our thoughts, I, I know we might have some honorable mentions. Aaron, why don't we start with you? Do you have any honorable mentions that you want to talk about? Yeah. Honestly, as much as people hate this sport, I, I'm surprised nobody picked World uh, World Series. But no, I'm not. <laughs> you took you took NHL over World Series. I was kind of surprised about that. Um, NHL is way better. But, I'm, but way better. real ser- real talk though, I'm surprised nobody took Tour de France. Okay. Yeah, that, that's. I think, that'd be, I think that's a good one. one. I think everybody watches that. So at least around the world. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, the the only other one that I would have thought about choosing is the Winter Olympics. They're not as good as the Summer Olympics at all, but you know, an Olympics is an Olympics. Yeah. I, I like the Winter Olympics. I'd also add Women's World Cup. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's also yep. a good. One. I guess the World Cup could kind of yeah, could be both. Kind of be yeah. both of them. Yeah. Um, they're they're both excellent. Um, any honorable mentions, Trevor Avery? Yeah, I mean, like U.S. I mean, well, so like for tennis, I mean, there's a ton of different great like tournaments mm-hmm. for tennis. Yeah. The Euro League basketball you know. championship. You want to mention that? <laughs> Euro League basketball <laughs> no. championship. I mean, a- Avery mentioned the NFL draft, which was on my list, by the way. Surprised it wasn't on yours. Obviously, the NBA draft could be another. I, one. I didn't even think yeah. about it. I didn't even think about it. I wish I did because I would have picked it and said yeah. I love the NFL yeah. draft. So I, I so what do you guys think? Who has the best? I think Avery has the best three. He has I mean, like what, objectively, what three does he I think like all of his three. Yeah. What three um, does he have? He has. Oh, sorry. I should. I should. I should send this to you guys. It, it, he I, has the college football playoff, the World Cup, and the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, objectively, I think he has the best. Like, you know. I I like Avery's the best. I'm gonna put it in Discord so you guys can see. I just did, but Ave, Avery's definitely is uh. Is my favorite. Avery, is there anything, other honorable mentions that you want to mention? I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple of events that came to mind when I was thinking about this. Obviously, the Daytona 500, that being an American staple, that's mm-hmm. a really big deal here. Yeah. Um, one game that I really like to watch every year that I would really like to attend is the Army-Navy football game at the end of college football season. Oh. I, I think yeah, that was... Avery, you, you had a ton <laughs> of good ones in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah I, I had some sleepers in there, but like... I've had family members serve in both the Army and the Navy, so that game is a little uh-huh. more important to some people like that. But that game is always, always obviously really important, uh, being the last game of the college football regular season. Uh, the Rose Bowl, another college football game that's really important. I yeah, enjoy going Rose Bowl's good. Especially the Buckeyes are playing, obviously. Uh, preferably it's a college football playoff game, but the Rose Bowl obviously is, is a really good one too. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that was an excellent segment. Aaron, Trevor, big credit to you guys for, for kind of coming up with the idea together. That was really, really fun. Um, but let's let's move on to kind of our final area for the day, which is going to be the NBA. Uh, let's start off with a little bit of MVP talk, Trevor. Um, is Jokic taking it away? Like, is that that? Or what do you think? Yeah, so I, th- I think Jokic has, I think he is going to win that MVP, and I think he deserves it. Now, like I've said on you know, recent podcasts that we've done, this MVP race has probably been maybe the best one I can remember just in terms of like, it's usually Mm -hmm. not this close. You know, we usually know, I would say by like late March, we probably already know like who the MVP is going to be, but I think it's been up for debate for really the past, you know, for really the whole season, it's been like a debate about who is it. And I think the top three of Nicole Jokic, Giannis and Joel Embiid has been very close. So I, I do think Jokic is the winner. I mean, when you just look at like stats, you know, offensively, Jokic pretty much has it across the board. Like he's the most efficient, 58% from the field. You know, uh, he has, so he has the third most points. He's averaging 27 points, but then uh, he's also averaging 14 rebounds and eight assists, you know, and he's become a better defender as well. And, you know, people will point out, well, the Denver Nuggets, they're right now the sixth seed in the Western Conference, but the Western Conference, in terms of, you know, the top of the conference is uh, more, it's deeper than the Eastern Conference. So, like, the Denver Nuggets are 48 and 33, but Philly's 50 and 31, Milwaukee's 51 and 30. So they're only, you know, two or three games ahead of Jokic's team. And Jokic has had, I would say, you know, we could probably agree, a worse supporting cast than those other two teams. Now, 
Giannis, mm-hmm. I think his case would be, well, he's a better defender. Overall, when we, you know, it comes down to it, I think Giannis is overall the better player, but the MVP is a regular season award, you know? It's a regular season award, and I think what Jokic has done, uh, you know, is deserving of being, you know, the back-to-back MVP. Embiid has a really good case as well. Like, going through all the drama with Simmons, and, you know, now they they get Harden, and it's just like it's been a lot of drama has been swirling around this Philly team. I think there's a lot of credit that can go in Bede's way. But ultimately, I think Nikola Jokic is deserving of the award. Um, but Aaron, Aaron, I'm going to go to you on this. Do you have anything to add, or, or do you agree that Jokic should be the MVP? Yeah, I feel like I tend to agree. I feel like you hit it hit um, a lot of good points there. I feel like Jokic definitely, like you mentioned, he has like the, the worst team, and he's playing really well. Um, but one thing I would ask you is, do you think that Giannis, I feel like Giannis could win like every year. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think I think in a way you could argue that the way that LeBron was talked about, how like oh well, the MVP should just be LeBron every year. You know, there's that side of uh, people. Brandon's one of those people, by the way. You know, that says LeBron should be MVP every year. I think Giannis can. Well, I should win every award every year. You should win MVP, <laughs> oh, Defensive Player of the Year, oh, Most Improved, oh, Rookie of the Year. Well, like I was saying though, I think like Giannis could become like LeBron in the sense of mm-hmm. like he's the guy that like he's almost like taken for granted in the sense of like oh don't forget about Giannis, don't forget about LeBron. Yeah. So I think that could definitely happen. You know, I mean, he's one. I mean, is he not at that point? Like, I feel like he is. I mean, pretty much. I mean, you could argue he's the best player in the world right now. He's certainly like the most like for an entire season. I think he's the most reliable because Durant has you know the durability stuff has become a little bit more of a concern. For me, it's either that it's one of them two. It's either Durant or Giannis, and you know the one argument I heard. I think I heard this on the podcast. Like, if it's just one game, I'll take Kevin Durant. But if it's an entire season, I'll take Giannis. And I think mm-hmm. I probably agree yeah. with that ultimately. Yeah, that, that's that's really is a good point. I personally, I think Giannis is already there. I mean, clearly he's his value has been expressed. They they won, they won it all. Mm-hmm. So he has a championship. You know, I, I think that more so to, like, me is when, when you can lead your team to a championship like that and you're such a valuable piece on that team, like, way past, like, the average amount of, like, the most valuable player on a team, if that makes sense. you know, Does that make sense at all? Like, I feel like Giannis is at that point. I, I really, really do. Yeah, I mean, Giannis um, is on track to be, like, one of these all-time guys. Like, he might already be, yeah. like, top 30 all-time. Like, he might be. I, I don't yeah. know, but he's already he's I don't remember on pace put him, to be. Do you remember— yeah, did we put him on our list when we did? No, I mean we just did our top twenty-five, and we did our list. What was that? Two years ago. So that was before he yeah, won a championship. Yeah. You know, that was I think maybe before the second MVP. So now, yeah. obviously, he's <laughs> definitely you know made that case stronger. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's keep on moving on, Trevor. I know you want to talk a little bit about the All NBA teams. We we had this kind of outdated system of. Uh, putting these players on the All-NBA teams. Why don't you discuss that a little bit? I'm sure we'll hit Avery's thoughts, too. Yeah, so with the All-NBA teams, and I, I made I spent some time making my first or third teams because that's what I do. I sit on my laptop, and I look at NBA stats and you know watch clips mm-hmm. and stuff for hours sometimes. That's what I do for fun. But the All-NBA process, I think, is a little outdated. Uh, currently, the way that, that it's done with like the voting is that you have to have on each team, first or third, you have to pick two guards, two forwards, and you have to pick a center. Well, when you have years like this year, you know, and we know like the NBA, it's becoming more of like a positionless basketball league. You know, there's there's more teams that go small. You know, we've seen like teams like the late like the Lakers have played LeBron at center. You know, a lot of the time this year, and other teams do things similar to that. So this year, I think we we should change it now. It's obviously too late now, but next year, hopefully, they change it to make it so that. You don't require a center on every team. In my opinion, I think maybe uh, an easy fix would be like you could have two guards, two forwards, and then that fifth spot on each team could just be like a wild card. It could be a guard, it could be a forward, it could be a center, it could be whatever you want. And I think that would be probably the best way to make it. I guess it's a good middle ground of like it's not like you're not putting five guards on one team but you still have a team that could resemble a team in today's NBA, and it could. Like, you don't have to have a center necessarily on, like, the third-team All-NBA. You can have, I don't know, uh, like, you can have Kevin Durant or LeBron as your center, like, because we've seen LeBron play center at times. 
So that's what I would say. Um, in terms of my uh, teams, just to go through them quickly, well, I guess I'll, I'll just say my first team because saying all three would take too long. My first team is uh, I have Luka Doncic, Devin Booker at the, as the guards. I have Giannis and Embiid as the forwards, and I have Jokic as the center just because I think having Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic having the seasons that they have, it just feels wrong to to move Joel Embiid to second team. I just I couldn't do it. So yeah. that's – that's my first team. But uh, Avery, wait, I guess, what do you think? Do you have any thoughts on like the All-NBA process or, or maybe like who you put on first team, if you have any opinions on that? No, yeah, I actually agree with your first team list. I think those five guys are definitely the, the five guys who are most deserving. Um, like you said about the center position, the NBA is a changing game. Obviously, the center position is not what it used to be. Only a few guys, I would say, are true centers in the league, and those guys are obviously the ones that are going to make the list anyway. So I feel like positionless going for that last spot would be probably the best idea. But, yeah, your list of five. Doncic, obviously, one of the top ten players in the world right now, carrying the Mavericks. Booker, being unbelievable, has the best record of the league. Uh, Giannis, doing Giannis things as usual. Embiid and Jokic, both. They're, those, I mean, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic are one, two, three in the MVP voting. So it's kind of tough to leave one of them off of that first team. Yeah. Yeah, and, and additionally, like, I mean, because essentially the way the voting process is, like, Rudy Gobert is probably going to make, like, third team because you have to have centers. So, like, if Jokic is the center on the first team and maybe Carl Anthony Towns is probably going to be the, the center on the second team, like, Rudy Gobert has to make a team. And, you know, Rudy Gobert is really solid. Like, he's been a great player. You know, he's averaging 16-15. He's the anchor of this Utah defense. But Utah hasn't exactly, like, you know, been an incredible team this year. And, you know, there's maybe you could argue there's another forward that you can have on that third team or something like that. But, you know, that's that's how the process is right now. We will see if it changes in the future. Um, but I kind of wanted to transition into, like, the plan because we have – today is the last day of the NBA regular season. I think – I don't know if every – I think every team is playing today. And there's some, like, scenarios that we have to figure out as far as, like, who's going to be in the plan. So I, I guess I'll start with the Eastern Conference because I think the East is more interesting. Um, currently in the Eastern Conference, uh, the top six is, is set. It's, you know, the order might change with the top six is set. But the seven through ten currently is uh, Brooklyn at the seven seed. Cleveland Cavaliers are the eight. The Atlanta Hawks are the nine. And Charlotte is the ten. Now, Brooklyn and Cleveland, they're both tied uh, in terms of record, both at 43 and 38. And Atlanta and Charlotte are at 42 and 39. So, I think this is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out because I think Brooklyn plays the Pacers, who aren't very good. Atlanta plays, I think, like Houston, and then Charlotte plays. I forget who they who they play. I think it's the Wizards. But they it seems like all three of those teams play teams that like their season's over. And then the Cavs play the Milwaukee Bucks. Now I don't know exactly how many players for the Bucks are going to sit out. I mean, the Bucks do have things at stake. Like they kind of need to win if they want the two seed, which maybe they don't. I don't know. But I think that's going to be interesting because for, like, Cleveland, obviously, and all of us are, are from the Cleveland area, this today is very important for the Cavs because if they lose to Milwaukee and other three teams to win, and other three teams win, they fall back to the 10 seed, which then if they're the 10 seed, they have to go on the road and win two games in a row. So, um, I don't know. Aaron, I know that you're you're a pretty big Cavs fan. You've watched a decent amount of Cavs basketball. Uh, how, how are you feeling just as a Cavs fan – how are you feeling about the Cavs right now? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like in general, the Cavs are more or less playing with house money. Like, regardless of what happens, like, they definitely should not have been here. Um, and I don't think anybody would have predicted them to finish where they are now. Uh, Garland is probably, like, the most improved player in the year. Probably have the rookie of the year in Evan Mobley. And then Jared Allen's been hurt. I just think injuries have kind of caught up to us in the latter part of the season. Um, so it's been tough to kind of get a groove um, down, coming down the stretch. But I think from what I heard that the Bucks are, most of the Bucks players, like the, the, the starters are doubtful for playing. So we'll see if they end up do playing. But um, but yeah, I mean, regardless, I think it'll be exciting to see them in the play-in game, um, playoffs really, um, because it's, you know, single game elimination. So uh, first time seeing a Cavs team in the playoffs without LeBron in a while, so it'll be exciting. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully they do make the playoffs. I'm rooting for Cleveland um, today. Hopefully they can beat Milwaukee. 
And I mean, like if if the Cavs get like a like a home game on Friday night, and it's like winner is the eight seed, loser goes home. Like it could be a scenario where it's like Cleveland and Atlanta playing at you know in Cleveland, and the winner gets the eight seed and the loser goes home. I mean, that would be a pretty insane game. I, I, I was just curious before the podcast, like, what would the tickets be like for that game? Like, a winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home. I think that would be very interesting, and I hope that the Cavs do make it. Yeah, Cleveland Cleveland shows up for, you know, the playoffs. I, you know, World Series, we've never seen a Super Bowl in the, the finals, obviously. Uh, Cleveland shows up, so anything playoffs-related, it everybody's going to be there so it'll be it will it'll be exciting hopefully it happens yeah for sure uh avery did did you have anything you wanted to add about like uh the plan i didn't even go into the western conference but uh anything any thoughts on either the east or the west yeah kind of going off the east stuff uh milwaukee situation honestly looking at the seedings here if you are the two seed you might end up having to play brooklyn so losing that game tonight to the Cavs might not be the worst thing for them if you really think about it you rather I would rather be the three seed playing the Bulls or the four seed playing the Raptors rather mm-hmm. than being the two seed and playing the Nets right now. Obviously, the Nets are way more talented on paper. So, in terms of that, that's that's where I would probably lean in terms of the, the Eastern Conference. Western Conference playing stuff. I mean, obviously, we know who's in it, who's not in it, obviously, with the <laughs> Lakers situation. Um, but, I mean, like the Spurs on the West side, I don't see them going anywhere. The Pelicans have been trying to stay alive but I the Timberwolves and Clippers are the two teams that I think will definitely make it through the play-in rounds there and I mean obviously the West is a little bit more talented than the East I would say as of right now in terms of just pure depth of, of rosters and how successful they've been this season yeah I mean it's it's really gonna be interesting and in, in a lot of these top teams like the Warriors especially you know they're they're dealing with like an uncertainty about like you know, when Steph Curry going to come back, when he comes back, is he going to be a hundred percent? Is he going to be the Steph Curry? We, we know. So I think there's a lot of, and, and other teams have similar things like that. I think Ja just had his first game back with Memphis. So that's going to be interesting to play out because I think Phoenix is pretty clearly right now, the best team in the West. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the Warriors or Grizzlies, someone else can give them a good challenge. Uh, and then the East is really, like, I, I think kind of open. Like, I think Milwaukee's the safest team, as I've said before. They're the team I would trust the most. But Miami's been playing better. Uh, they've been playing better. And Boston, if they get Robert Williams back, they're very dangerous. Uh, Philly, we'll see. And, and I guess Brooklyn, um, you know, they, they need some help. Kevin Durant and Kyrie need a little bit more help from the other guys. So we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Brandon, any, anything you wanted to add on, on the play-in or, or the seeding? No, I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Sucks, LeBron's not going to be in it. That's that's those are my thoughts, uh, and not just in the play in the playoffs. Um, but anything else anyone like to add before we kind of wrap up the pod for today? No, I'm good. All right, cool. I, I think we're 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 all good. Um, well, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate all the support from you guys. Of course, Aaron Avery, thank you both for being on. You're super excited for your podcast. I'm sure everyone is going to really, really enjoy it. That first episode will be dropping Tuesday morning. Um, go hit the link in the description for that uh, to stay up to date. Subscribe to that podcast. Of course, of course subscribe to our podcast. Um, and, you know, leave a five star view if you enjoy uh, what you heard today, and follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.